All right, there's one thing I can tell you right now. I'm a fan of the 80s when it comes to movies. But there's one thing the 80s didn't have that the 90s did, and that was such a large amount of sports comedies. And that is one thing I truly love. So today's episode is sports comedies. Stick around with us, and we'll go over here in just a sec. And welcome back, everybody. My name is Chris Adams, host of the show Retro Life for You. Travis Rollins, our usual co-host, is going to be gone for a little while. And hopefully he'll be able to make it back. But he's having some uh, real-life issues and work going on. And work and home life come first. We've always said that, and we're going to stick with that. But going solo today with you, and we're talking sports comedies of the 90s. Now, the 90s had so many great ones to choose from. It was hard for me to just pick out 10 and stick with 10 and some of them were kind of a borderline comedy and drama and i thought maybe leaned more toward the drama than the comedy so when i get done telling you the 10 that i've chosen for the day we'll go ahead and we will go over the honorable mentions for comedy because uh, i don't want to leave any of them out they were too great you know to leave out for sure but uh today's show we're going to start out with major league two uh, Major League Two, of course, I think one came out in the late 80s, but two was a follow-up on such a great show. That was one of the better sports comedies of the 80s, I thought, when it came out. And it's all about baseball, the Cleveland Indians. Uh, we had Charlie Sheen, uh, Tom Berenger, Corbin Burnson, Omar Epps, uh, gosh, uh, the coach, um, James Gammon. He plays such a perfect coach. For a baseball team, the the gruff voice that he's got and the way he treats the players and everything, um, you've got uh, David Keith who plays a character named Jack Parkman that the Indians pick up and just doesn't work out too well with them, you know, and is going to trade to the Yankees and that's their big opposition of this one. So basically, uh, synopsis of the movie: the Cleveland Indians are back at it again. They made it to the ALCS last year when they lost to the Mariners, but this year they want to make it all the way, and this is their time and their story to go. Uh, of course, the obstacles they jump over is that the previous owner had bought them back again, and uh, her name was Rachel Phelps, if you remember from the first movie. And this one, uh, Wild Thing, Rick Vaughn, has gone corporate and making commercials and everything, and they don't know if he's got his edge still or not. And the catcher, Jake, I mean, his knees are about to go out on him. You know, he's at that age in his career where he can't last much longer. Uh, Omar Epps has replaced Wesley Snipes in this one, playing William Mays Hayes, and he did a, an excellent job of it as well, too. So um, one of the better baseball movies, I thought, for comedies in a long time. The last great one I've seen was probably Bad News Bears when I was a kid. But the 90s has their fair share of baseball comedies, and we'll have a couple of more to go. And I'll mention some more that we didn't bring in. Uh, secondly, second movie out of the 10, I'm going to pick, is going to be Necessary Roughness. Uh, Necessary Roughness was a fun movie about football, college football at that. And it's got Scott Bakula in it, it's got Sinbad in it, it's got Jason Bateman, uh, Robert Loggia, uh, a number of people in there that made this movie great. Kathy Ireland has uh, a part in it as well. And basically, this football team in college, the 
Texas State University Fighting Armadillos has broken the uh, sacred college law with recruiting, and they have been given the death penalty for sanctions, basically. They got no scholarships to hand out whatsoever, and if they want to field a football team, it's going to be from all walk-ons. So they host uh, walk-on tryouts and everything, and nothing looks good, but they got to get some people in there. And they brought in Hector Elizondo, who is playing the role of Ed Straight Arrow Gennaro, who is going to be the coach of the team. He's always he's a man known for never breaking the rules, always going by you know the right way of things. Doesn't let the uh, the uh, oh the people the, uh, from the universities get to the students and bring them things. They can't accept any gifts of any kind. You know it's got to be by the book, straight arrow, like he says all the way. And uh, they field team. They put together this oddball team of walk-ons, and Robert Loja takes it upon himself to visit Scott Bakula, who was a prime candidate of being drafted into college. Uh, I can't remember the college at the time that Loja was trying to bring him to, uh, but um, he still has four years of eligibility to play college football at age 34. He had never went to college because his father passed away, and he took over the family business and took care of the farm is what he ended up doing in the movie. But Loja got to him and basically said, you know, aren't you curious in the least bit of how it could have turned out? And he shows up to give it a shot. Um, Sinbad is a science teacher at the university who has two years of eligibility left. Uh, he stopped playing, I think, because of injury or something like that and went on to get his degree for teaching. Uh, if you remember Sinbad, he was from, um, gosh, what was it? A, a different world, I believe he was in. It was on NBC. Um, he was a stand-up comedian, a fairly good stand-up comedian in his time. Uh, very funny guy, and he was great in this movie. Uh, needless to say, uh, give you a little quick synopsis other than what I said already. I told you that their name was the Fighting Armadillos, most of them were football team from the actual student body. Um, they're playing for it ultimately, like I said, 34-year-old quarterback, a female place kicker, which is Kathy Ireland. She's a soccer uh, girl for the soccer team for the university there. And uh, they need a kicker bad. They don't have one. And once again, Robert Loja steps out of the way to go outside the box and brings this girl in who kicks a soccer ball clear across the field into the stands for him to show how well she can kick. And the coach doesn't want to do it, but he has to give in basically because they got nobody else. So here we are, the 34-year-old quarterback, the female place kicker, and a gang of misfits that you just can't, you know, get this anywhere else. Um, end of the movie, they found, uh, they play off against the number one Texas Colts. Uh, guy named Flat Top has got it in for the team. He's their star player. Uh, and, you know, like all good sports comedies, it's got a good happy ending to it. I definitely highly recommend this movie. It was so fun to watch and very funny. And if you like football and comedies together, I mean, this is going to be great for you, no doubt. Uh, moving on to number three, we have White Men Can't Jump. And I'm here to tell you it's true. I can't jump to save my life. We're talking basketball here. Uh, Woody Harrelson and Wesley Snipes. And um, basically it's a not right you know, organized ball. It's not college ball or pro sports. It's a street ball, basically. It's hustling. Uh, synopsis of the movie, uh, Woody Harrelson is playing the, a guy called, um, oh, Billy Hoyle. And Wesley Snipes is playing Cindy Dean. Both of them are hustlers on the court. And Billy Hoyle shows up one day 
doing his Jane Fonda workout stretches and everything. He's making him think he's just a little punk or something. Got his hat on backwards. Classic white guy look on the basketball court or something. And, you know, they bring him in and he ends up hustling Sidney Dean for some money for making some shots on the, on the court. Well, best of enemies, best of teammates is how it usually goes. And this is how it went for them. They teamed up with each other after they both hustled each other at least once and uh, hit up this tournament, uh, two-on-two tournament, and end up winning that. Uh, it's a good movie. A lot of good comedy to it. A lot of good funny jokes in it. A lot of great funny moments. Uh, Woody Harrelson uh, was not big at the time. Neither was Wesley Snipes, really. I think Wesley Snipes... Oh, I can't think of what he was in at the time. Woody Harrelson was in Cheers. He was still playing... Um, Woody the bartender on Cheers. So, uh, but Wesley Snipes hadn't made it big yet, but both of them went on to have great careers after this fact. Uh, did Money Train together down the road. Uh, Wesley Snipes became an action star. Woody Harrelson's had so many good movies that, you know, we, we lost count of them. Uh, just great, great work between the two. Um, I'm trying to think of that's That's probably the only basketball comedy that I really thought was any good. And there were several throughout the decade. I mean, I think there was one called Celtic Pride with Damon Wayans. It just wasn't that good, though. And maybe one other. But um, anyway, we'll move on from there. Going on to the next movie, um, this is something that everybody loved. And it's The Water Boy with Adam Sandler. Uh, Adam Sandler is well known for his comedy. Uh, it's very unique comedy. You know his voice whenever you whenever you hear him. Uh, no doubt, and he's got his these little songs that he's done. He's been on Saturday Night Live. He was a regular on SNL for a good while, and Waterboy is a movie spinoff from his character on SNL called Canteen Boy, who is a little bit um, uh, special, you know, we'll say. Uh, he doesn't really, he, he's been brought up by his mother uh, real close at home, doesn't really get out and socialize. Uh, she doesn't let him get a little straight away to it from her too far at all. She's afraid something will happen to him. People won't understand him and stuff, I guess. Classic stuff. But uh, this movie is uh, a football movie. And a uh, little synopsis of it, the water boy, um, Adam Sandler, is played. A, he plays the character Bobby Boucher. And let's see here. Bobby Boucher, he's the lowly water boy for the college football team until the coach discovers his amazing talent for tackling people much bigger than him. He signs the water boys, a new star player, but Bobby must keep it secret from his overbearing and domineering mother, because I quote foosball is for the devil. All right. And anytime she wants Bobby to believe nothing's something's not good for him. She always tells him it's for the devil. She don't want him around girls, school, anything. But, um, in this, he, uh, gets a good, you know, a good bunch of guys running for the team. They're they're losers with football, needless to say, until he comes on the field to play defense for them. And uh, he ends up meeting a girl named Vicky Valancourt, which he gets with, and there's a lot of humor involved with that as well. Some things I don't want to bring up because, you know, we try to keep it family clean here and everything. But if you watch the movie, you know, that's, it's, it's not really, you know, dirty or nothing, but... I want you to get the humor yourself when you see it, needless to say. The coach of the football team is Henry Winkler, uh, a.k.a. the Fonz, you know. And uh, that came about because he did, well, not he done that he did, but Adam Sandler did a song called uh, the Hanukkah Song, for those of you who remember. And he was talking about how many people in the business were Jewish. 
and he brought up that Henry Winkler, the guy that played Arthur Fonzarelli, was, was Jewish as well. And um, Henry Winkler called him up to thank him for putting him in the song. He thought it was great. He loved the song. He thought it was funny. And from there, they worked something out to where he would get him in the, in the movie to be the coach of it. He accepted it, and it just went from there. Um, I thought, what was the name of the team? The Mud Dogs, I think, was their name. I can't remember the... It was somewhere in Louisiana, like some crazy name, like Southeast Southern Louisiana Mud Dogs or something. Crazy thing. Jerry Reed plays the coach of the opposing team. And to me, the opposing team always had a feel of um, Florida State Seminoles is how they felt. The colors were there. Jerry Reed had a, a Bobby Bowden kind of feel to him as a head coach. It was, it was, it was crazy play on him. It was great. So um, that's one of two Adam Sandler movies that made the list for here. And I'm about to bring the other one up for you here now, which is none other than Happy Gilmore. Uh, Happy Gilmore, it's golfing. And Adam Sandler is a hockey player wannabe who finds out that he has the most powerful golf drive in history. Um, some people are have taken over his, uh, well, the bank has taken over his grandma's home. And while they're moving stuff out, the movers have some golf clubs and golf balls out there. and They're trying to show the other, each other how they could hit the golf ball. And he's telling them, you know, it's kind of stupid. You know, anybody can do that. They said, oh, yeah, well, let's see you get up here and take a whack at it. So he gets up there, he takes a few steps back, and he runs into it and swings and probably hits it 400 yards down the street. And they're amazed by it. They bet him he couldn't do it again. He does it again. So he starts going to uh, driving ranges to hustle people, or not really hustle, but, you know, charge them money to see him drive the ball. They, they don't believe he can do it that far, and they'll put the money out for it. He's doing this to try to help raise money for his grandma's house to get it back. Um, oh, Carl Weathers uh, plays in the movie, and he sees him, and he sees what he's doing, and he's like, you know, we got to get him into the PGA Tour so he can make some real money. Um, he ends up uh, talking him into signing up for when he tells him how big the checks can be. His eyes get big, and he thinks, okay, I can do this. I'm going to do this. Um, what's the guy? There's a shooter McGavin is the enemy basically in the golf tournament. He doesn't want Happy Gilmore in there because he believes in tradition, and Happy Gilmore is anything far from tradition. And he's brought these crazy antics to the golf course with him. Um, and the person who runs the tour is allowing it to happen because he thinks it's something fresh for the tour, and and it's really good. Uh, a lot of good anecdotes, one a little one-liners and comedy bits that you expect from Adam Sandler. They're all there. Uh, he's a fight with Bob Barker. They team up in a celebrity event and they end up fighting with each other. Uh, it's crazy. It's crazy. The movie was an um, uh, estimated budget of $12 million and it grossed $41 million, uh, worldwide. Then, you know, technically, I want to go, I want to take a step back for a second. Let me take a step back. I want to, I want to get with us on all of these here and let you know that's one of the things I meant to include. And I got all excited talking about the movies, completely forgot about them. But uh, swinging back to the first movie that we were talking about, uh, Major League Two, uh, the uh, movie itself was estimated budget $25 million, and it only grossed $30 million worldwide. For a sequel, uh, it just didn't do that well. And a lot of sequels end up doing that. 
uh, for whatever reason. I mean, they, they they have a hard time topping the original, and people just didn't come see it. But then again, most people are excited about a sequel and will at least go watch it, and the money will be there. But then they'll give it bad reviews after the fact. Um, Necessary Roughness, the football uh, movie I mentioned earlier, released September twenty seventh, ninety one. Estimated budget thirteen million five hundred thousand, uh, doubled its money at twenty six million two hundred fifty five thousand, which was respectable, I guess, since they did they did make some profit off of it. Can't complain there. Uh, White man can't jump was very um, successful, I do believe. March twenty seventh, nineteen ninety two release date, grossed seventy six million two hundred fifty three thousand at the box office. Uh, does not mention what the estimated money to film it was, but it, it grossed a lot of money, though. And I don't have a trouble believing it at all. It was such a great movie. Great movie. Um, back up to the Waterboy, which I did not mention earlier, as far as, uh, you know, what it made. We got uh, estimated budget $23 million, and this movie it blew the roof off. Uh, $185 million $991,646 uh, worldwide gross. So that is not bad at all. And I just told you what I believe what Happy Gilmore did, but just in case I didn't mention it, $12 million estimated budget, $41,205,000 at the box office. So a lot of money, a lot of money in the industry to float around there, you know. It's amazing how much they make. Uh, going back to the list here, Moving past Happy Gilmore, we've got The Little Giants. Now, the football movie for kids. Little kids playing Pee Wee League football. Um, this is about the O'Shea brothers. Uh, Rick Moranis, Ed O'Neill play Danny O'Shea and Kevin O'Shea. Kevin O'Shea, which is Ed O'Neill, was a, was a football player in the past. Uh, he's well-known in the city. The town loves him. They've named things after him and everything. He owns a car lot there. And his brother, Danny O'Shea, has always just been, you know, the younger brother, always in the shadow of him. Wasn't quite as successful, but got an education and stuff like that and did well for himself. Uh, some of the kids that were in the movie, uh, Shauna, is it Shauna Waldron? Can't remember if it's Shauna something. Uh, Devin Sawa, Todd Bosley. Matter of fact, let me just go down to the actual all casting crew here so I can get you those names more clear. Yeah, Shauna Waldron, Devin Sawa, Todd Bosley, Michael Zwiener, Danny Pritchett, uh, Troy Simmons, uh, Sam Horgan played Spike. You know the big, the big kid on the opposite team. It was all dressed in Cowboys blue. Um, this was uh, just a funny, funny movie. At, at one point, uh, you had some real. You had a uh, John Madden pull off in in the truck at the time. I mean, in the bus, they had the John Madden bus, the tour going around, and they stopped in that town looking for directions. And he uh, got to talk with the kids and everything about what they're doing, and kind of gave the the main uh, kid of the of the group who plans out the plots and plays for and everything, come up with a super super plan for them to if they get into a position where they can use it to beat a team at the last minute, like a. Uh, a Hail Mary type play, but only it's not, you know, thrown downfield. Uh, Mary Ellen Trainer plays in this movie as well. She's been in quite a few movies in the past. That's been pretty popular. She was the um, uh, the doctor in Lethal Weapon, you know, the psychiatrist for the guys. 
And uh, I believe she played in a couple other... Uh, she was in the Goonies as the mom as well, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but fun movie. Um, Shauna Waldron plays Becky O'Shea, which is Danny O'Shea's daughter, Rick Moranis. And their little football team is the Little Giants. And they're just not as good as the other kids. But they wanted to play, and they got cut and couldn't play. So Rick Moranis, uh, Danny O'Shea, sets up a team for them just so they can play as well. Well, it doesn't sit well with the other parents and the other kid's brother, Ed O'Neill, Kevin O'Shea. doesn't sit well with them. So they end up having uh, one game to decide who's going to be the football team that represents the town for the kids in the Pee Wee League. And it goes from there. So, you know, hilarity ensues. It's great. Um, Devin Sawa and Shauna Waldron's characters kind of uh, in the in their midst of their teen years or their growing up area where they're starting to realize they like boys and girls and everything. That's why they like each other. Um, you got some real nerdy kids that just, you know, step up to, <laughs> to be big and bad once they get on there. Um, fun movie to watch. I definitely recommend it. Let me go back over here to the stats for it and see what we got here. Release date October 14th of 1994. Estimated budget $20 million. Um, um, unfortunately, worldwide, it just made 19306000 So it didn't really make, you know, and surpass the budget that was estimated. Uh, that $20 million estimated could have been a little bit less. It could have been a little bit more. It doesn't really specify. It's not exact. But let's just go into the assumption they broke even probably but it's one of those movies that we get that even though it didn't do well at the box office it was a fun movie for us to watch it will always have and you know enjoy so that's the way i look at that uh the next movie however was fairly big for its time uh we're looking at a league of their own uh this had quite a few names in it needless to say uh, i'll give you some of those names in just a moment uh, the storyline, though, during World War II, when all the men are fighting a war, most of the jobs that were left vacant because their absences were filled in by women. Uh, the owners of the baseball teams, not wanting baseball to be dormant indefinitely, decided to go looking around the country for women who could play ball and form an all-women's league so the uh, people in America could have something to watch for their favorite pastime in baseball. Uh, so they go across the country looking for people, and they come up with tryouts and uh, one of the better players in the league, they end up getting kind of by accident, which was Dottie Henson, who is played by, oh, uh, you know what? Give me just a second. I'll tell you who she's played by. Let me go to the people for the cast here. Gina Davis is who I believe it was. Yeah, Gina Davis. Uh, she plays Dottie Henson, but she's gotten to the lead because her younger sister uh, wanted to be there. And her younger sister is played by Lori Petty. And in order for her to go, you know, Dottie Henson has to agree to go as well. So she does. Uh, on top of them two, Gina Davis and Lori Petty, you've got Madonna, you got Rosie O'Donnell. Um, gosh, uh, Tracy Reiner was in there. Um, you had a, let's see, Tom Hanks is the head coach. Uh, the team. So there's quite a few names that when it was directed by Penny Marshall. Uh, they give you the impression at first, you know, they're like, well, you know, women can't play ball. You know, why do you want to watch that? No, what are they going to do? They're going to stand there in the skirts and look pretty when they throw the ball back and forth or something. No, I mean, these women were throwing overhand fastball, sliding in second base, you know, running the outfield down to catch the fly ball, 
hitting the home runs. They were doing the works, you know. I mean, everything was it's all bets were off. This was a women's league, and they were showing they could do it. So definitely, definitely a great storyline and a fun movie. Uh, Tom Hanks took it. Uh, his character is a, a former baseball player, Jimmy Duggan or Jimmy Dugan, who was a star baseball player, but he's kind of a washout at this point in his career and a drunk. And uh, he took it as a demotion that to coach the team. But, you know, eventually he kind of sobers up a bit and realizes he's got something going on that's good here, and he starts actually coaching the game. And, you know, they start doing a lot better than what they were. Uh, the movie itself released July 1st, 1992, with a budget of $40 million, and it grossed $132,440,000 worldwide, two hours and eight minutes long. So it's a pretty good movie. Um, two hours and eight minutes for some people sounds like it's a lot when you're used to hour and 40 hour and 45 but you don't notice the extra few minutes in it you know honestly and it's such a fun movie to watch like i said so don't pass it up if you get a chance to see it make sure you watch it uh next in line varsity blues this was an mtv funded movie i believe it was and the storyline of this is about high school football in texas and high school football in texas for those of you who don't know it is like a religion I mean, it is crazy. It's like I, I'm in Tennessee myself, so in the mid south um, down here, you get uh, you know football is a very big deal to a lot of people, uh, especially depending on what state you're in. I mean, in Alabama, you got two religions, and that's Auburn and Alabama. So I mean, in 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 uh, high school in Texas, it's kind of the same thing. They're just dead serious about their football. Everybody in town goes to watch the game. Uh, I mean, town practically shuts down, and they all go watch the game. And they, you know, push for it year in, year out. Storyline of this one says, in the small town Texas high school, football is a religion. The head coach is defied as long as the team is winning, and 17-year-old schoolboys carry the hopes of an entire community onto the gridiron every Friday night. In his 30th year as head coach, Bud Kilmer, played by John Voigt, is trying to lead his West Canaan Coyotes to their 23rd division title. When star quarterback Lance Harbor, played by Paul Walker before his uh, Fast and Furious fame, suffers an injury, the Coyotes are forced to regroup under the questionable leadership of John Moxon, played by James Vanderbeek, uh, Mr. Dawson's Creek himself, a second-string quarterback with a slightly irreverent approach to the game, basically. So... Uh, Varsity Blues explores the obsession of high school football in Texas. John Voigt, as I mentioned, is the head coach. He plays a great role as a head coach. He's It gives you an, a look at how serious some of them are and the things they will do to keep their players on the field. It's kind of like in college where they get an injury and they, they doctor the injury up just long enough to keep them in the game to see if they can win with them. You see this happen in the movie with Paul Walker's leg. I mean, they, he has a bad leg, bad knee going on. They're giving him shots in the knee where he's not feeling the pain or anything. He's out there playing all the time until his knee blows out completely and ruins his future. Uh, any possibility of playing football again is just gone for him at that point. So this is a real deal, kind of a real deal kind of thing, although they this is a comedy where they kind of make light of it. So you can't really say it's 100% serious, but it does give you an idea of what it's like. And it is a funny movie. Um on top of the ones mentioned that I said are in the game, uh, in that movie, you've got uh, Scott Kahn that plays a wide receiver, uh, Tweeter, I think they call him. And they got a young guy at the time. Let's pull his name up here. 
and I'll tell you what the movie made and everything. Let's see. Ron Lester is his name. He played Billy Bob. And Billy Bob in high school, Ron Lester was a very large individual. He was already the size of a lineman who might be playing for the Dallas Cowboys already. Um, you would not recognize him today if you hadn't seen him since the movie. He has lost a ton of weight, and that's great for him. It's great for his health and everything. So, um, great guy, I'm sure. Uh, this also had some movie uh, people like Amy Smart was in it, and Allie Larder. So, if you um, I think it was Allie Larder that's kind of popular for this movie at one point, and if you watch it, you'll see why. Uh, she's a very unique uniform she wears for the guys that she wants to date. So. Uh, watch it and you can see for yourself what that is. I'm not going to give that away either. The movie itself here, it um, almost didn't make the cut January 15th of 99. So this just was within the last year of the 90s. And its box office budget was estimated $16 million and it grossed $54,294,000. So not too shabby. Next movie I want to go with. This is baseball again. Um, I picked this one over a couple of others just because of I like the the comedy, the, the humor to it was a little bit better than some of the others. But we have uh, the movie called Ricky of the Year. It's got Thomas Ian Nicholas, I think it is, or is it Nicholson from American Pie? Let's see. Let's go to the actual cast here and pull them up or did i pass by it look at me see if travis was here right now it'd be like chris is working the board everybody i'm sorry he's not doing a good job and he's correct let's see top cast full cast and crew thomas ian nicholas plays henry rowan garter henry rowan gartner uh gary Busey is chet stedman uh dan hadea is in it daniel stern is in it as well uh, Amy Morton plays the mom, Mary Rowan Gardner. This was a this was a fun movie. Uh, what happens is twelve year old Henry Rowan Gardner, whose late father was a minor league player, uh, grew up dreaming of playing baseball despite his physical shortcomings. So he's not exactly built like an athlete, but he's young still. He's got a lot of growing to go. And although he's close to his mother Mary, he hates her latest boyfriend, uh, Jack Bradfield. After his arm is broken while trying to catch a baseball at school, the tendon heals too tightly, allowing him to throw pitches that are fast as 103 miles per hour. So he kind of steps on the baseball as he's running back to catch one. He's you know, feet flat from under, and he lands on the arm, breaks it, and the healing just goes crazy for him. Um, he's spotted at Wrigley Field by Larry uh, Fish Fisher, it says, the general manager of the struggling Chicago Cubs after he throws an opponent's home run ball all the way from outfield bleachers back to the catcher. And that caught her eye, and they brought him down there to have a talk with him and everything. He ends up getting to pitch for the Chicago Cubs, and nobody can hit him. Doesn't matter what he's throwing. Well, he ends up having an incident where he has a similar fall and falls back on his arm again, but it doesn't break his arm, but the feeling's not there no longer. He can no longer throw the 103 no more, and he's just a normal kid. And that is when the real hilarity ensues for the games that he is in at that game at, at that point and the things they had to do to get the people out. It's very creative, very funny. Um, Thomas Ian Nicholson or Nicholas rather went on to do other things. Like I said, American Pie, very popular movie, uh, trio of movies that he was in with them. 
it's kind of like the modern day Porky's, I guess is what it, what I think it is. But uh, that's something else altogether different. So we won't go down that road. Uh, funny movie. Uh, if you like baseball comedies, it's right up there with Major League for me, as far as the hilarity to some of it goes. Major League probably a little bit a little bit funnier, but you know I think you'll like it regardless. Uh, last of the ten movies. And yes, if you'll notice, we are going a bit faster than usual. Uh, there's no Travis here to bounce things off of, so I mean, it's a little bit tougher drawing things out an hour long, an hour and 15 minutes and everything when you're kind of running down the list by yourself. But I'm going to try my best to get you some fun facts about them and everything, what they made, some of the people in it, little bits about the story, and hopefully this will carry us through at least half the time we usually went. But uh, number 10 of the 10 that I find, uh, 10 of my most favorite from the 90s, is uh, Digstown. Digstown is a boxing deal where Lou Gossett Jr., James Woods, that's his name, James Woods, come together. They are con artists. James Woods is a con artist. Yeah, he was in prison. Uh, the storyline tells you Gabriel Kane, who is James Woods, has just been released from prison when he sets up a bet with a businessman. The businessman owns most of a boxing mad town called Digstown. Uh, he finds out about Digstown from a... Uh, a uh, former cellmate that he had in prison. And uh, they worked it out together to go con this guy and see if they could just take the town from him. The bet that Kane has made with the owner of the town, basically, is that he can find a boxer that will knock out any 10 Digstown men in a boxing ring within 24 hours. And his guy's name is Honey Roy Palmer at age 48, and people look at him and go, he's too old, he can't pull that off, you know. It's Lou Gossett Jr., he's the one that's going to be playing the role of Honey Roy Palmer. And, um, of course, all kinds of things are thrown into it. It's 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 a big con, you know. Uh, Oliver Platt plays in it. He helps out. Heather Graham is the sister of the guy that went to prison with uh, uh, Kane, which was Randall Tex Cobb. He played that part as well. Um, there's a little subplot in the movie about a man named Charles Makem Diggs, who was a boxer back in his youth, and I believe it's going to name the town, uh, the town after itself. Uh, but they're real serious about their boxing, and nobody takes what he was saying as seriously that they can, that he can do this. So basically, the whole the hilarity of it all is that James Wood has to come up with different ways of eliminating some of the people in the ten to make it easier on Honey Roy Palmer, but still believable to the people out there. Like, you know, they, oh, I don't want to say what they did, because, I mean, it's, it's if you haven't seen it, you're going to want to watch it, and it's such a funny movie um, for boxing, especially. You don't see very many boxing flicks out there, and you think of boxing, the only thing you think of is Rocky, unless you're looking at, like, uh, the Rocky Marciano movie or Raging Bull or something like that, but mostly it's Rocky that you think of, so, and that's not even a comedy. So this was a great, great comedy movie. Uh, great cast in there. Great supporting cast. Uh, just when you think the movie has taken the bad turn, out of nowhere you get, you know, a turn on a turn. <laughs> you never can believe when it's going to end and how it's going to end until you see it. So uh, definitely a great movie to watch. Highly recommended. Go see that one. Let's take a look at what it did, though. It didn't do great to movies. I remember that. I watched it at the theater when it came out, personally. 
I was uh, to me it looked really like it'd be a really good movie, but it did not do well financially. Uh, August fourteenth of ninety two. Uh, when it came out, and the budget was $17 million estimated, and worldwide, it only grossed $4.8 million. So, uh, it's definitely a sad amount of money that it brought in, nowhere near what they would have expected, especially with the great actors that they had in it. I mean, Heather Graham, James Woods, Lou Gossett Jr. Lou Gossett Jr. hardly ever puts out a bad movie. He's always been in great stuff. So, I mean, and to me, his character was great in this, but that's my personal opinion, and that's what I liked. So I can't say anything other than, you know, that's my opinion on it. You may find differently, and you may think differently, but I do hope you watch it just the same and make your own decision, your own choice on it. Uh, let me get my little paper here so I can tell you some of the ones that were honorable mentions that I did not take. I did not take any of the Mighty Duck movies, and people are going to ask me why, I'm sure, but... Uh, I, I, while I did like the Mighty Duck movies, it was hard for me to pick one because I liked all three of them equally. I thought all three were kind of humorous in the things they did uh, for different reasons. I mean, there were young kids in the first one. They were Olympians in the second one. And they're back home after the Olympics trying to find a high school for high school hockey to play where they can, you know, get a good education and extend their years in hockey and maybe like, get drafted or something. I mean, each one had their moments to it and i couldn't settle on one so i didn't take any of them that's the best best i can really tell you on that uh on other honorable mentions um they say mystery alaska is kind of a comedy but it's also a drama um so i didn't want to bring it on as a comedy although i love it i think it's more of a drama so i didn't go for that reason little big league that was a fun movie. Uh, a kid inherits the Minnesota Twins, basically, from his grandfather, and becomes the new owner of the team. And he's got his own coach. You know, he's got his coach there and everything, and the players. But he wants to be a part of everything because he's a kid. And he like he loves the game and knows the game real well. And uh, you know, some some funny things happen from it. It, I, it was between this and um, um. The Rookie of the Year. I had to put the two together and say which was better. Rookie of the Year was funnier. Uh, little Big League was a little bit better of a movie to me, but it wasn't quite as funny. And since this was sports comedy, I went with the other one. So, uh, anyway, Little Big League's out there. Space Jam, I mean, it's it's funny because of Looney Tunes, but, I mean, you know, it's good because they had Michael Jordan in it. Um, not the fake Space Jam 2 with he who must not be named who thinks he's a great, you know, greater than Michael Jordan and he's not. I'm not going to say his name because, you know, we don't mention his name. He's like Voldemort. We don't say his name. Um, let's see here. Other funnies. Uh, the Cutting Edge. That had more drama than comedy to it. You know, so for that same reason, I didn't bring it in. Uh, there was Kingpin about bowling. And I didn't bring that one in either. Uh, Mr. Baseball with Tom Selleck. Uh, he gets sent over to play in Japan. And because he can't get along with the owner or something where he was playing in America, he's an aging veteran that they want him to find his game again. And they, so they send him there. Uh, it's got some humorous stuff to it, but I didn't, I didn't include it either. Uh, I know um, a bunch of people are just screaming right now. The Sandlot, the Sandlot. Where was the sandlot? Well, it was still there in the sandlot. 
I didn't I didn't have any care for the movie. I didn't really. I was one of the people who actually didn't like the movie, The Sandlot. Uh, it's not a big deal. Some people did like it. Some of you, know, when I was growing up, some people didn't like the Bad News Bears, but I liked them. So I mean, to each their own, right? Everybody's got their likings and such. And Sandlot just was not for me. So uh, that being said, that is our list of ten of my favorite sports comedies from the nineties. We have another version of this that is going to be coming out soon, which is 10 of sport dramas. Since I did comedies, I'm going to come back with the sport dramas and do those as well. A top 10 list on that of my 10 favorites and sticking with the nineties. I don't know exactly what, which week it will come out, but it will be soon. Uh, 10 of my favorite action films from the nineties as well. And we also got some special guests coming up. I've got one lined up now. I don't want to give anything away just in case something happens where they can't make it. I don't want to disappoint anybody. But uh, when I find out for sure that it's it's a lock and it's been done, it'll be it'll be announced. Um, I'm talking with several people, actually, uh, from things that have done things back in the 70s and 80s. And uh, one young lady who's done some documentaries on some shows on the 80s who has a big love of the 80s herself. So hopefully to get all these people lined up soon to get them out here for you guys to enjoy. I know I'm going to enjoy it because I mean, a couple of them, I mean, I, I grew up watching and I, it's, it's, I don't want to say starstruck. I'm not going to say that, but you know, it's, it's awesome when you get to talk to the people that you grew up watching and love their films and the work they did. It's kind of like a privilege really. Um, anyway, um, that being said, we're going to wrap the show up. Make sure that you're following us on social media. We're on Instagram at Retro Life for You. We are also on Facebook itself of a like page there at Retro Life for You. We are on Twitter. And if you look up Retro Life for You, you'll probably find us on there by that. But the name is a long, drawn out, weird name. And I, for some reason, I can't change it or I haven't figured it out yet. One of the two. Uh, but we're on there as well. I don't, do, I don't put a lot on Twitter. I just kind of use it for reaching out to people mostly. Um, so I would just stick with Instagram and Facebook. And we're also on TikTok. And whenever I get time to put out some videos, I put out some videos here and there, little fun clips from movies and things um, that I've that I like, and hopefully you like as well. And you can enjoy those. If you want to reach out to us here, uh, we're at uh, retroliferu at gmail.com. The best way to get in touch with us is that email address or on Instagram, direct messaging us on there. I monitor both of them daily, so I'm going to see it and I will respond to you. Uh, I want to ask you, though, do me a favor on this video here. If you enjoyed the video, I want you to give us a like, a thumbs up, and I want you to subscribe. Uh, this does a lot for us as a show. It helps us out at YouTube with the algorithm. Every time you get a comment, a like, a share, a sub, I mean, this goes a long way. and It helps propel us forward. And, you know, it would be great if you enjoy the stuff, if you could do that for us. I know there's a lot of people out there that's that's viewed the videos and we're sitting on 39 subscribers right now. So uh, I know there's a lot more out there we could get, guys. So if you get a chance, uh, please go ahead and subscribe to us here on YouTube. If you prefer the audio, we are on iTunes. We are on Google. We're on Stitcher and we are on Spotify and we're hosted at anchor.fm where you can listen to us in audio as well. And there's also an option on anchor.fm if you want to help support us uh, that you can support the podcast. And you can click on that and see what it says from there. If you have anything that you want to do to help with us, you can. 
If not, we just really appreciate it if you'd like us and subscribe to us and just listen. That's the most important part. So I'm glad I could go ahead and share this info with you guys today, the 10 favorites of my sports comedies of the 90s. I hope you enjoyed it as well, and I hope you enjoy these movies. Comment down below on your favorites and let us know if you've got a, a top 10 list or just one or two favorites that you like. And let us know what they are, and I'll get back with you on those. In the meantime, we look forward to seeing you on the next show. Thanks a lot, everybody.